While we are much more than what we do, a significant portion of our lives we spent in the nine to five realm. That's why how we approach work is so vital to our overall outlook in life. Have you ever considered your work as it relates to your walk? It's time to go the second mile as a kingdom-minded employee. Hey, this is Travis Agnew, and thank you for joining me for the Second Mile Podcast, where we seek to live out the words of Jesus from Matthew 541, where he said, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him the second mile as well. Listen, plenty of people follow Jesus just enough on the first mile, but Jesus is not someone you want to follow from a distance. You don't want to do discipleship halfway, and that's why going the second mile is so important. So on this 45th episode of this podcast, I want to talk to you about how to be a kingdom-minded employee. And you may just be thinking, look, I'm just uh, trying to make it through the, the job uh, without getting myself in trouble or losing my job or losing my cool. Um, so, so what should that really look like? Well, when we think through the importance of this, uh, it's such an important realm because so many of us will spend a significant portion of our lives at whatever vocation that we're a part of. Um, and so, so much of your day, a significant portion of your day might be an office job, uh, white collar, blue collar, you name it. And yet, so, so much of our time is spent around this group of people that are our fellow employees. And so whether you're a boss, an employee, in any type of work field, uh, how do you c- continue to think through and live through and walk through as an employee who's kingdom-minded, who just doesn't see as, you know what, I'm a church member, and so I go and check in at church on Sundays, but then my Monday through Friday is I'm something else. You are an ambassador for Christ, and, and 2 Corinthians 5.20 says that that's, that's what you do. And so whether you're at the church house or you're at your work, place of employment, your house, uh, Christ has got to be the center, right? And so the difference between first-milers and second-milers in, in considering the area of work are this. First milers just try to um, attempt to make sure they're not jerks at work, right? So if you're just doing the first mile, bare minimum stuff, you're just trying to make sure you may uh, don't say the words that the other employees say. You may not engage in some of the jokes that are said at the water cooler. Uh, you try not to steal anything, take anything, yell at anyone, hurt anyone, or anything like that on the job. Well, that's first mile stuff. That's bare minimum. That's stuff that most Christians should be able to do without breaking a sweat, right? Um, that That's first miler stuff. That's just normal, like I'm walking with Jesus, wanting to be holy kind of stuff. The difference between that, between first milers uh, and second milers, that second milers are not just attempting to not be jerks at work, but they're actually worshipers at work. They're kingdom-minded. They're focused, and they see this as a realm that have potentials and probabilities of discipleship all around me. And so I want to do things differently because I see this as an environment and an opportunity to glorify God, and also to benefit other people. I get to use my gifts for the good of others, including sort of fellow employees around me. And so if, if you think through this, right, because so many of us really do struggle with, um, they call it work for a reason, right, that so many people can get frustrated. But when you think through uh, what work is, a lot of times people will wrongly assume that the Bible teaches that work is a result or a consequence of the fall. So when Adam and Eve are in the Garden of Eden uh, and they um, uh, eat the forbidden fruit, then all of a sudden work comes on the stage. But what you're incorrect on is work was not a consequence of the fall. Frustration with work was a consequence of the fall. So the difference is this. Before sin ever entered in, Adam had a job. He was naming animals. He was taking care of the garden that God had planted. So he was working and he was loving it. The problem is that when sin comes in, frustration with work takes place. And so why would you have frustration at your job? Because sin is present 
in your own heart, but also with those around you. And I realize this about my own self. It's so easier. Uh, it's so easy for me to really focus in on the sins around me rather than the sins within me. And so, like, I'll get frustrated by all these other workers, but I'm going, but am I really working on making sure that I'm the most kingdom-minded, godly, holiness-pursuing, um, biblically-based um, employee that I possibly can? So whether if I'm the boss, the employee, the intern, you name it, that I want this opportunity at my 9 to 5 to say, you know what? I'm going to glorify God in this, and there really are some significant things and some practical things that you could start doing that would make a difference in your 9 to 5. So I believe an effective job has so much to do with what we do, how we do it, and who we do it with. Let me say that again. An effective job has so much to do with what we do, how we do it, and who we do it with. And so while we're much more than what we do, and I know your job doesn't define you, if a significant portion of your life life is going to be spent at your job, you've got to process how to do this right. And that's why we approach, or how we approach work is so vital um, to our overlook, uh, our outlook in life. Most people know what it's like to work in negative work environments, right? Uh, And some of us know what it's like to work in positive work environments. I imagine you probably have horror stories, we all do, of these negative work environments, that person that seems somewhat toxic to work with. uh, They're all there. And, uh, and, and, And in the same way that we've seen other people do it, we know we've probably contributed to some of that dysfunction as well. Now, some of you know that there's been positive work environments you've been a part of, and you want to stay there, and you want to um, not really rock the boat, right? But regardless of which situation you are in right now, I want to provide some things for you to think through regarding your employment. And I hope these tips can help anyone, but I really, really believe that they're going to be the best give motivation for those who belong to Jesus. Because if you start thinking through, how can I turn my work environment into a kingdom-minded situation, this will make a huge life change for you. And hopefully, you might even wake up in the morning and during your commute to work to say, man, I got a different mindset about not only what I'm doing, but how I'm doing. Um, I believe that a Christian worker should be known as the most fervent and faithful employee on the job. I really do believe that, that if you are a Christian and you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, you should be known as the most fervent employee on the job, but also the most faithful employee on the job. Paul talked about it in Colossians chapter 3, uh, verse 22, all the way to chapter 4, verse 1, and just the importance about the way that our work efforts uh, represent Christ. And so whether you are the person who's in charge or the person who's working for the person in charge, that you want to be known as the most fervent and faithful employee on the job. Unfortunately, sometimes Christians can get a bad rap because it seems like that they're lazy or complacent. They really don't want to do the hard work of, of what they need to do. And so, like, I can remember the, the first job I ever had as a teenager. Uh, I worked on a construction site. Uh, probably they wouldn't allow um, <laughs> teenagers to do what I would do back in those days because we kind of cleaned up the job sites and we'd throw everything into a big fire. And then normally there were explosions involved. And then I moved from that construction site to working in a shoe store. And then I was a waiter at a country club. Uh, I worked on an assembly line, uh, making um, uh, skylights uh, for a while before I went into ministry. And so I've had a lot of different experiences. And what I realized is that at every place of employment, there are things that I would love to do. There were things that I really um, did not like to do. There were people that were very easy to work with. And you're going to find in every work environment that there are difficult people to work with. And so what you want to do is as you represent Christ, you want to be seen as the most faithful the most fervent employee that is there. And in the workplace, Christian bosses and Christian workers, 
we have to display a different level of intentionality and I even believe a different level of productivity for the sake of kingdom perspective and outcome. And as believers, we should be intentionally productive in our jobs for the glory of God and the good of others. So if you're a widget maker, right, like you're a, you, you, you work on the line and you're making this, like why do you do that? You do that well for the glory of God and for the good of others because when you use your creative abilities, when you use your hard work, you look like God, your Father, the Creator, the one who actually loves to make and create and make things good and beautiful and workable and, and bringing um, something um, from chaos into functionality and beauty and purpose. Like that's what he does. And so when you do that, you represent him well. But also, not only do you do that for the glory of God, you also do it for the good of others. Whatever industry you're in, whatever vocation you're in, there there are some people somewhere involved in this. Even if it's a product that you're delivering, you are trying to give people the opportunity to do something and, and do it well. And so I can think through of those people who work uh, at a fast food restaurant or they're the CEO of a company, and that if they have that mindset that what they're doing is for the glory of God and the good of others, it's completely different. And they are a different, they're just a light in that work environment. They're salt in that work environment. And uh, Philippians 2, 14 and 15 says, do all things without grumbling or complaining so that you may prove yourselves to be, um, it says, lights of the uh, of the world. Um, and so like you're saying, when, when you don't complain and you don't get stuck in this kind of um, habit of where other people do, that you're not going to complain, you're going to work hard, you're going to do things for the glory of God and for the good of others, you appear as a light in the world where it's a really, really dark place where people People are normally whining and complaining and murmuring and backbiting in their job. And you can see and really show a difference. And when people see a difference, they're going to say, not only does this person say they follow Christ, they actually follow Christ here on the job. So here are three vital uh, three vital components I would encourage for every employee, every employer, every staff member. These three vital components I think could do a huge uh, deal, practical, just to think through about how you would relate to um, your job uh, and to be a kingdom-minded employee. The first one is called proficiency. Uh, proficiency. You want to work hard at what you do. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says when you put your hands to those things, work hard at it, right? You engage in what you're called to do. Develop whatever it's you're working on. Progress. Do better than what you did last year or last week. Make progress. It's a wonderful thing to do that. You look um, like a, a God-honoring person when you're engaging in the work, you're developing the work, you're progressing in it, you're, you're showing signs of improvement. That's a good thing. And so even if you aren't the most skilled person naturally, you have to ask the question, will you commit to work diligently? Proverbs 13.4 talks about this diligent worker, about how you go in and you do you work hard at what you do. Um, and so even Paul said it this way in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, do your work heartily as an offering to the Lord himself rather than just for some boss. You're not just collecting a paycheck. You've got to internalize and say, okay, I'm working for the Lord. And he's a whole probably better uh, boss than I don't care who your, your, your normal earthly boss is. If you can process that way, that would be a game changer for you. So can you say, is Jesus? is pleased with proficiency and how diligent I am in our job. So are you showing proficiency? Number two, integrity. 
Work with a character that represents Jesus well. Working with integrity is the most secure path of employment. Proverbs speaks about just this life of in- integrity in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 9, uh, 11, 3, 28, 6, all over the place, right? Integrity is so important. Many people's talent take them to a place where, honestly, their character can't keep them. So maybe their proficiency is good and they get the opportunity to work, but if their integrity is lacking, at some point they'll lose the opportunity to continue to do that because their talent takes them to a place that their character can't keep them. So make sure that even if you have people people slander you on your job, which that'll happen, your good behavior should put your accusers to shame. That's what 1 Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 16 told uh, these uh, Christians to do in a hostile culture. And, and so what happens is that you actually cause people to see you as different, and they're going to turn and glorify God, uh, as is seen in, in Matthew 5, 16 and 1 Peter 2, 12. So not only work with proficiency, but also integrity. And the third thing I would encourage you to work with is chemistry. Work well with others on the job. That's the, that's the hard part, right? If you just work in a vacuum and some people may hate uh, like working alone and some people are like, no, it's real easy because when you in, in introduce people into it, it gets difficult. But you need to learn the, the issue of chemistry. How do you work well with others on the job? Uh, I've known many skillful people of integrity who just simply lack people skills and others just can't stand to work alongside them. Like they're gifted, they're talented, they're unlike anybody else. But honestly, people just can't stand them. And if you're lacking that chemistry, People aren't going to want to work with you. And some of the problems at your job are the ones that you brought with you. James chapter 4, verse 1, 2 says, look, you're you're looking like, what are all these fights and quarrels? It's the ones that are inside you. Like, you brought it to the table, bro. And and so you want to do your life to live at peace. Um, Do your part in your workplace. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone, as Romans 12, 18 says. And so when you're working with your coworkers, you have an opportunity to display kindness, as is mentioned in Ephesians 4.32. You can show honor to other people, as is mentioned in Romans chapter 12, verse 10, and you're bearing with them in Colossians 3.13. I love the way that Paul wrote that because he says, you know, you're forgiving one another and you're bearing with one another. It's like, man, this sounds like it's really difficult to love these people. It is, uh, and that's what people are. But guess what? If it's hard to love other people, some people might think it's also hard to love you. And so proficiency, integrity, and chemistry, you can attempt to display this. Just think of PIC, P-I-C, proficiency, integrity, and chemistry, and could you do that at work today? It's important what you do and how you do it and who you do it with. So proficiency is what you do, integrity is how you do it, and chemistry is who you do it with. And so at your job, it's not a time for you to unplug um, from your opportunity to be an ambassador for Christ. When you're working, it's not an opportunity for you to say, you know what, it doesn't matter what I do here. No, completely different. You're saying, here's an opportunity for me to be a kingdom-minded employee, making a difference with my nine-to-five for the glory of God and the good of others. Could you think about what you do as proficiency, how you do it as integrity, and who you do it with as chemistry? I hope to see you on the second mile.